The Isle of Og, written and narrated by Michael Tibbetts. Silence Forest there lives a young fire sprite whose name is Erasmus, but all who know him call him Ermo. Ermo was at an age where he was about to mature, anxiously waiting for the day when he'd finally be able to unfurl his wings and fly. But until then he was confined to the forest floor, having to be content, just like all the other adolescent fire sprites, to walk the dark and hidden pathways that surrounded his village. During the long nights, Ermo and his friends would go off in search of fireflowers, where, under the light of their tails, they'd stop to drink from the gently glowing blooms. Young fire sprites' discussions would often turn to what they'd heard it was like outside of the forest. Ermo, always eager to know more, would talk excitedly about the time when he'd be able to take to the air and fly. How one night soon he'd be able to explore the whole island for himself. Ermo yearned to see the things he'd only heard about from others. To view a starlit forest from high above the trees. To see the olive groves and open fields beyond that led to the island's high cliffs. Where it was said, on a clear night, you could watch a setting moon swell in size as it quenched its thirst upon a deep and endless ocean. Within Ermo, there was a nervous excitement at the anticipation of his first night of maturity, when the thick safety curtain of trees would be lifted and the orchestral overture to his adult life could finally begin. The other fire sprites, by their nature, were far more cautious, never wanting to travel any further than the olive groves, regarding the ancient evergreen wood as a haven, a hidden place of safety for there were many scarce stories told of reckless fire sprites who'd left the village never to return, feared either dead or lost. Of the few who'd come back, they'd always seem reluctant to speak of their adventures. Disappointingly, these self-censoring fire sprites only ever spouted cautionary tales of woe, desiring to live out the rest of their lives in what they knowingly said was Og's only true place of peace and harmony. But this did nothing to dampen Ermo's wanderlust, adding only excitement and intrigue to his cat-like curiosity. As Ermo grew, he saw his friends, and frustratingly those younger than him, whose tails had matured quicker than his, gain their wings. Other than the few selected to collect honey from the wild olive groves, none he knew had ever actually left the village. Ermo worried that when it was his turn, he wouldn't be asked to join them, as he was different. Not outwardly different, for in appearance he looked just the same. Ermo was distinctive because of his light. On the night he'd been born, after his mother had given him his first sip of fireflower nectar, and as she patiently waited for the first glow to appear, her smiles quickly turned to concern, as the nectar she repeatedly administered appeared to have no effect. Then, in a belated rush of joy and surprise, instead of seeing the usual dim glow, there came a sudden flash of light. 
as in the birth of a distant star, a tiny pinprick of concentrated light appeared at the end of Hermo's tail, and from that moment on, she knew her son was going to be different. And sure enough, every day, as Hermo drank from the fireflower's nectar, his light would get steadily bigger and brighter. In fact, it was now so bright that all the other fire sprites teased him. Typically, a fire sprite's tail produces a yellowish glow, not unlike the flame of a candle. Except Ermo's didn't look like this at all. Apart from being much brighter, his was a pure, sparkling light. A light that had an aurora to it. An aurora like that seen around the moon during an autumn's mist. In truth, Ermo's light was unlike anything anyone had ever seen before. Yet this wasn't the strangest thing about it, as there was something else, something far more subtle to it than its purity or brightness. The difference, if you were to notice it at all, was in how others responded to it. The youngest and eldest of all the fire sprites seemed to naturally gravitate towards him. For although no one ever said anything, to be near Ermo's tail made them feel oddly content, happy and warm inside. It induced a connected feeling like the comforting sensation of listening to rain while snuggled in bed, or the soothing sound of a summer breeze rustling through the trees. For in the dark, when all was quiet and still, it was Ermo's light that illuminated the soul. Sadly, however, the experience for Irma was not the same. His was more akin to those whom you might know who are odd, where I'm sure they would tell you that being different when young is no fun, as the constant attention and teasing it creates never seems to stop. So, wherever possible, Irma tried not using his tail, but this only made things worse, as the other fire sprites would conspire to turn theirs off. Irma, believing himself to be alone, would then turn his on, Like guests at a surprise party, lit up by his bright tail, they'd cheer, whoop and laugh in fun and appreciation of his bright glow. Over time, Irma grew to hate his tail. To him, it wasn't anything special, certainly not anything to laugh or cheer about. It was just a painfully bright nuisance, a permanent tag that marked him out wherever he went. Like most adolescents, Irma was spirited in nature. On occasions of unruly behaviour, because of his distinctive light, he was always the first to be recognised and admonished. This easy and unfair discrimination only encouraged Ermo to become more mischievous, with a resignation that if it was always going to be him who got the blame, then he might as well be the cause. Unfortunately, this led to Ermo experiencing a far more troubled and difficult youth than most. In spite of all his teenage angst, Ermo had a good heart. A fire sprite who secretly longed to be normal, wanting his light to be the same as everyone else's. So at any opportunity he would ask the older fire sprites, why was it that his light was so different? And could it be changed? But no one had an answer. As Ermo began to reach maturity, he became more and more desperate. So he went to see the village elders to ask if they knew of any remedy or relief. After careful examination, they all came to the same conclusion, that there was nothing wrong. But Ermo protested, there must be, as his light was so bright. Yes, they agreed it was different, strange even, but that it was also perfectly fine. 
better, in fact, as his lit up the fire flowers from a far greater distance, especially the rare white blooms, which were rich and more potent in nectar. Oddly, Ermo's tail was able to penetrate far deeper into the forest than his light could possibly shine. The first flickering glow of a fire flower's petals always accurately predicted Ermo's presence long before his arrival. The older and wiser fire sprites who saw the pain beneath Ermo's constant questioning tried to help, reassuring him that being different was good and that with time and age his light would likely fade into something far more normal. But they might as well have talked pensions to babies as it did nothing to stop Ermo's desperate search for a remedy. So after following numerous suggestions like changes to his diet, drinking only the nectar from yellow fire flowers, rubbing in a sticky mixture of honey and pollen into his tail before bed, all of which had no effect, as his light only continued to get still brighter. Ermo, undeterred, hoping to find a cure, went back again and again, seeking advice each time, becoming more persistent than the last. Finally, he was given a corrective solution and told in no uncertain terms that nothing further could be done. So it was that Ermo was given a yellow sleeve to slip over his tail, dimming and changing the light so as to make it appear more normal. But still, he wasn't happy, as the other fire sprites teased him even more, stealing it and using it in various humorous and comical ways. Although Ermo didn't show it as he tried hard to laugh along, knowing there was no real malice in what they did, but he couldn't help feeling hurt and upset, as over time each jibe and silly prank had built up into something more substantial, something that injured Ermo deep inside. When you feel hurt like this, the natural reaction is to seek solitude and confinement, and this is exactly what Ermo did. One night, cross at finding his tail's sleeve inflated and being used in a game, he strode angrily off. That night, Hermo journeyed further from the village than he'd ever been before, to a place he knew he could be alone. Hermo stopped by the dark and oily pools, as these deep and treacherous tar pits were always avoided, as the pathways here were notoriously dangerous and slippery. Hermo sat on a large, flat-shaped rock, its smooth surface appearing to be part of a much larger discarded millstone. With only the edge revealed, the rest was covered in a thick cloud of thorny brambles. The exposed patch of black granite contained tiny crystals that sparkled and glistened, seeming to dance ever more excitedly under Ermo's bright tail. Disheartened and upset, Ermo sat with his legs dangling over the edge, glaring at his tail's reflection in the shiny black pool below. It was then that Ermo let out a soulful cry venting all of his frustration and anger, a cry so loud it shocked the chirping insects into a moment of silence. Then, to his surprise, the hush was punctured by a thick, harsh voice, so close as to make him jump. Its pitch and tone held a dark menace as the creature spat out its words in ever-increasing annoyance. (laughs) 